0: Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am your host, Doug Winters. This is episode 86, and today is December 28th, and the final episode of the Wedding Wisdom Podcast for the nightmare year 2020. A year the entire world cannot wait to see in the rearview mirror. So on that note, I'm going to actually bring you a totally delightful, charming, upbeat conversation with one of my favorite new people. He is photographer Philip von Nostrand, who talks about his life growing up in Santa Barbara, California, and his professional life as a highly sought after photographer in New York City. Most of the conversation is centered around his twin passions of travel and luxury weddings and events. And you can see how those two go so well together. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the delightful Philip Vienne. There he is.
1: Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing great, how are you? This is so odd, isn't it? Uh, interviewing across the nation? <laughs> no,
0: interviewing somebody that does what we do for a living on a Saturday.
1: Oh, I like it. You started all this stuff, were you interviewing people live before? Yes, I was interviewing people live. How oh, cool.
0: Only. I started it about two and a half years ago. And I was interviewing all people that I knew in the business or that knew me in the business. Yeah. Like Preston, Harriet yeah.
1: Katz. You got some great names on there. Yeah.
0: I loved her. I'll send you that podcast. She's just great stories. Like, she, she was like the Jewish mother I didn't have. Although I had a Jewish mother, yeah. but not like
1: Harriet. That's beautiful.
0: Finally, she says, "Doug, why don't we work more together?
1: Wow. That's like
0: music to your ears. She said, Harry, you tell me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's better. You are a very well-known wedding photographer, but do a lot of other things. I do do a lot. Of- so I'd love you to kind of describe the different types of photography, because one thing I was fascinated on your website, uh-huh. like the first thing was not weddings. It was not fashion. It was tourism. Oh, yeah.
1: Like the different hotels. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you found my other website. Yeah. I have two, I would call it like two main branches of my photography. And one is weddings and events. That's what I've been doing for about 12 years now, almost 12 mm-hmm. years now. And the other branch of my photography is hospitality and lifestyle, luxury travel. And that's what I moved to New York for. I moved to New York. The, the true story is that I moved to New York because I wanted to shoot fashion and magazine work. And I, I wanted, wanted to be- I,
0: Richard Avedon or- Yeah, or, I said, I'm not
1: leaving- Patrick Demarchelier. Exactly. I'm not yeah. leaving until I shoot the cover of Rolling Stone or something. But I didn't have a niche and I just wanted like, sort of like the New York gloss and shine and and like all of that, the magazines, the models, the commercial you stuff. want to be shooting Gigi Hadid. Exactly. That, that would be, yes, that, that was my dream. But, you know, I've been in New York now seven years. And, and it's shifted a little bit. My, my whole life has shifted as I've gotten like deeper into the luxury wedding market. I've been going to engage summits more, which has opened up my sort of Rolodex to people outside of New York. And I just embraced travel. I traveled a ton last year and it makes sense for me to focus down into the hospitality and lifestyle market. So that's what that website is. It's like it's saying that's my niche. If we're talking commercial photography, I do hospitality and lifestyle. It's actually brilliant
0: for someone who loves to travel and staying in luxury hotels that if you work out a deal with the hotel and say I will shoot this you put me up in a suite for the you know a week and yeah.
1: an actual bordered thing No I mean that's exactly you just described the Instagram influencer market that's literally what thousands of Instagram travel influencers do all the time. Could you please explain that to me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think in a sentence, there's like two kinds of value. There's either money or attention. And right now, attention, I think for a lot of brands is almost is equal to just money. And no, who, no one's watching commercials anymore. So if, if an influencer can give your hotel attention, that's worth, I don't know, $2,000 or whatever, or a thousand bucks or a free stay at the hotel. And I think so there's a, almost
0: a monetary value. I guess it's not written down because it hasn't been around long enough. A, to. A
1: little bit. I, I think in the Instagram world, it, there are agencies who represent influencers and, and they have like pricing that they negotiate. And there is. Oh, no like, kidding. Oh, so there yeah, is. It's a little bit standardized. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think <laughs> it was Wild Wild West about, I want to say 10 years ago. Where like people were starting to have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers and then they sort of were just setting any price and so who would be an influencer? There's a great guy that I knew. His name is Adam Gala and his Instagram is I Gala. He must have two million or four million followers. He had like more followers than the brands he was doing business with, which which would be like Ralph Lauren or whatever, he'd take like a trip to Cuba and the Department of Tourism would be, we want you to stay in our hotel and we want you to like put eyes on our hotel. If even like 200 of your fans out of 1.8 million like it and come, it's worth tens of thousands of dollars to them. I think numbers is power in that world. How does someone get 3 million? I talked to Adam about this actually, because I, I did... I was hanging out in his circle of friends like early on in my time in New York. And he was saying, first of all, you gotta be an early adopter. So you're in at the beginning, you figure it out quickly, you use the hashtags, you play the game. Secondly, Instagram and TikTok, by the way, really rewards users who use the features that they're trying to put out. So Instagram didn't always have videos, right? It was like photos only. But the day that they launched videos, he started doing them. And because Instagram wanted to, push that feature and get more users using videos. And he said he was on the explore page, which is like where you can just like find random users multiple times a month. And it just like skyrocket, like Instagram basically like boosted him. What that translates to now is that Instagram just launched Reels, which is like a competitor to TikTok. And you're like, I don't know about Reels. You should use Reels because Instagram's going to push the heck out of that. They're going to put that in people's scroll just so like more people see Reels and get get hooked on it. I just have to say like, Don't give Instagram too much credit. I think it's on its way out. Like the people who understand it have mastered the game. You don't get your business through Instagram. You you have like amazing referrals and connections in the industry. Instagram is like shiny and maybe for people who need to have more reach because their personal connections aren't strong enough. But I, I don't want you to underestimate the value that you have like in your own back pocket, you know? just give me a, like a
0: snapshot of your background you grew up in santa barbara
1: yeah i grew up in santa barbara worked with youth my entire life i was a youth pastor camp counselor tutor i ended up getting my teaching credential and i taught middle school math Real pastor yeah, yeah tell me about that okay i was uh i was highly highly involved with my church it was like an evangelical christian church the vineyard wow i was in the worship band i played bass you'd be happy to know I mean, that was really my identity for most of my adolescence and 20s. I also started doing photography as a hobby when I was 21. I traveled abroad for the first time. So you didn't go to college for photography? You didn't? No, I was a philosophy major working with youth and really just loved that. And figured I would do that for my whole life. As I was getting my teaching credential, I also photographed my very first wedding for $500 and it was for a friend of a friend and they had seen my pictures on Facebook or whatever. And it went really well, and I was hooked, and I was like, $500 is the most, most money I've ever made in my life in one day. Yeah. And I also got hugs at the end of the day, which was great. And so I started being a little more intentional about finding photo gigs, and I was also getting my teaching credentials. So I taught for a couple more years. I was teaching middle school, and that's not really the age range I wanted. I wanted to teach high school. And so I quit the teaching game. I said, I'm gonna apply to high school if I don't get a job then it's photography for me. What were you teaching? I was teaching middle school math. Okay. It was like algebra, pre-algebra. Yeah, that's basically it.
0: Yeah, I was a school teacher too. Oh. And I said, I don't wanna do anything unless I'm teaching high school. That's exactly how I felt. (laughs) And I did, I actually taught, I was a high school chorus teacher.
1: Oh, cool. You and David Beam, I think, right?
0: Yes, yes. That's cool. Which we discussed, which was very cool. So you would graduate college just as a literature major? Uh, it
1: was philosophy. Philosophy so I, major. I was just right. really, you know, it's sort of like, so I, I don't know. Another I, very
0: useful was, degree.
1: No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like literally just to say to my parents, like, okay, I'll finish college, but this is what's really interesting to me. It was either philosophy or theology, but they didn't have theology at. I, I went to UCSB in Santa Barbara. I actually studied abroad. I, I was really fortunate to have gone on semester at C which is school on a ship, basically. And we we circumnavigated- In high school or in college? It was in college. It was a study abroad experience through college. I became a student of, it was University of Pennsylvania at the time. They owned this ship. I mean, we had 680 students. They had 30 teachers teaching 81 classes. And we went to Cuba. I saw Fidel Castro. I went to Brazil and then South Africa and Tanzania. I I was on a safari on this trip. Like, it was crazy. India, South Korea. How'd you get selected for the DFJ audition? You just have to apply and like pay a lot of money. So (laughs) thank you to my parents for being able to pay. It was like, I think at the time, something like 17,000 for a semester, you know? So it was a big chunk of change. So the crazy part about the semester was that When you're at sea, you'd be taking classes. I would take my A classes on one day, B classes on the second day. But the moment you dock, you just need to be back on the ship like two hours before it leaves, like three days or four days later. We were in El Salvador, Brazil. If you wanted to go to the Amazon, you could book a flight and go to the Amazon, do whatever you want. You just needed to be back to the ship five days later. This is like my photographic beginnings. Okay. On, on that trip, like when we left Cuba, for example, they'd have an open mic night the following night on the ship. And every student, every teacher, everybody would be there. And then people would come up and they'd be like, we were the ones who got drunk in like Fidel's fountains or whatever. All these cool stories. And there was a ship photographer who would do a slideshow. And I remember I had a Sony Cybershot three megapixel pocket camera. And I was taking pictures in Cuba of kids playing baseball in the streets, old cars and like everything. And then the ship photographer did his slideshow and I felt like I was looking at National Geographic images. Beautiful moments. The background was blurred out. He captured like the same thing that I saw, but it looked like a thousand times better. And he got these really cool like people moments, a person selling fruit from a cart who just glances over and catches the the lens kind of stuff. I, I was like, oh, I, I want to do this better. We're in the same place and he's making pictures that you could print. And I was just barely learning my camera. So from that moment on, I was determined to like master my my camera setup. Did you connect with him by the way and say, could you mentor me or anything like that? No, I, I never did actually. It was really like just an inspiration moment. I, I never did connect with that photographer. That's funny. But it motivated me to save up when I got home and and save for like a digital SLR, you know, like like a beginner's version of like a professional camera basically. And I got my first camera and then I just started taking pictures of flowers and sunsets and my pretty friends and (laughs) and whatever I was doing. That was it. That was the beginning for me, a semester at sea. I fell in love with travel and photography at the same time. Was that the first time you had traveled or was your family? It was really the first time I had traveled. I, I grew up, I would say probably fairly privileged being like a white boy in Santa Barbara, but my mom was a nurse and my dad was a plumber. That oh, sounds very, very middle class. Yeah, very middle class. My mom's from Canada. So the most I'd ever done was visit her family in Canada or go to trips to Mexico with my youth group to help build a home for like a poor family. That was it. So Semester at Sea was like a real deep dive into Travel 101. And it was uh, life changing. I, I, ever since 2003, when I went on Semester at Sea, mm-hmm. I vowed to travel somewhere new every single year since then. And I've done it.
0: It's funny. I never had that. I never had that wanderlust or oh, whatever.
1: I never wanted to travel. Yeah, I love it. I think for me, travel equals growth. For those who are listening who have never traveled, it, it's a little scary. It's hard. It's uh, uncomfortable sometimes. Things aren't easy. Food tastes weird. But to me, like that means every single day is filled with growth opportunities where I'm, I'm being challenged uh, against my own beliefs or, or what I think is normal and learning to adapt and realizing something new about the world, realizing that people in India don't have toilet paper sometimes in the bathrooms or, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like they eat with their right hand only. Uh, um, right, right, right. In Muslim countries, you don't, men don't touch women. All, all of these interesting things. Like there's just so much for the world for me to learn. And, yeah. uh, and you don't just hear about it or read it in yeah, books. You, actually. you viscerally experience it. And for me, that was like amazing growth. I, was, I, I traveled to more countries by the time I was 30 than I had states in the United States, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, but I love it. So your passport must be... Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, was, that was like one of my greatest badges of honor with 30 pages of a passport and have it have like China and Russia and India and all these cool places. You still have it or is it uh, that'd I, be a cool thing to have? I, I've i kept all my passports. They're all in my... I know exactly where they are in my room. Yeah. And the passport lasts 10 years, so I only have like two passports. Oh, okay. I have two finished passports and one new one, yeah. And so you still travel? Uh, yeah, 100%. I um, By yourself? Are You're you single? I'm single. My favorite way to travel is solo. I even traveled this year. At the beginning of the year, I got to go. I was dating a girl, and, and so we went to Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. Oh, nice. In end of January into February. That was awesome. And then I also got to go to Dubai for an engage conference that I helped. I led the photo team at, at and then uh, that was the end of my international travels for 2020.
0: You know what I really like doing in this podcast? Talk to me, Doug. <laughs> is getting to ask you. Sure. Anything that I don't understand. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so that I learn... Anybody listening learns. I've heard of an engaged from a whole bunch of people. Norma Cohn was the first person I to told me. Oh, okay. It. I just interviewed Tara Fay from mm. Ireland, who talked about engaged like as if it was you know her life's blood. Yeah, I I met her at engaged. And everyone that I mentioned in the United States just oh I I knew them at a at an engaged. I met them at an engaged. David Beam I met him at engaged. Same. Christina Matucci who shared a cab Frame. together and. In, in, yeah, I met them all at engaged. Yeah no oh you said you led the photography team at engage i did yeah so this was again this is not a negative thing i respect the hell out of it like if my band could play the events at engage and i didn't have to pay all that money to go yeah it's a huge honor you know as a trade yeah that would be a huge honor and a chance to go to dubai as a a barter now you understand what an instagram
1: influencer is doing (laughs) oh okay okay yeah all right good they're, they're providing value to the hotel and the hotel is the giving them something back. Right? So you're working. Yeah. They're all
0: in beautiful hotels around the world.
1: Yeah. It's always going to be like a five-star resort, usually not in the United States. Although the breakers would be one that is in the United right, in Florida. States. But mo- yeah. most of the time it's like a five-star resort abroad, somewhere maybe tropical, like Nizuk in Cancun, Mexico, or... Dubai was the first time they'd ever gone to like anywhere like that, like Middle East. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been to Sardinia, Italy with Engage. I've been to Sea Island, Georgia. I've been to the Bahamas with Bahamar and, and all of these places. Wow. Yeah.
0: The time, so you're working at
1: the same time as your Yeah. So I, I don't I don't always get to work. That's definitely a privilege. There's a lot, a lot of photographers who want who would love to like take that job and just be there. Yeah. Um, for me, I think I, I've been to 12 engages, so I'm like a wow. lifetime fan now. I think I paid for four of them until they finally, I just emailed a bunch and I begged to be on the photo team and they gave me a chance. I mean, not, you know, I just asked a lot politely. <laughs> I wanted to do like an exceptional job. I wasn't the photo leader at all, but I was working with Gigi DiManio. That was the term that, that caught me when you said the lead <laughs> photographer. So yeah. as opposed to... Like they have, they'll have a team of maybe four. Well, in Dubai, it was like nine photographers, but wow. usually, usually there's like four to six photographers and, and a head photographer who's in charge of all of them. So they're the one who manages a schedule, make sure everyone's like shooting where they want. If, if you're not a morning person, you're not getting up at 6 a.m. to shoot the breakfast, you're doing like the late night thing or whatever. It's just the, the lead photographer who kind of coordinates, also is the liaison between like the people in charge at Engage. And the photographers so so that there's at least like a point person. And how many people are there usually? At in at, at total at Engage? Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, it it averages around I would say 250. At, wow. The smallest oh, one okay. that I'd been to was like 130, but maybe 250 to 300 is kind of like a a nice number for Engage. Yeah. Oh, so I,
0: I for some reason I had no idea that it was that big.
1: Yeah, well, that's big or small, depending on what kind of conferences you go to. Oh, that's true. I was going to WPPI for most of my life, which is like Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. They had like twelve thousand photographers wow. come to Vegas. Oh, but
0: that—that's so, more like a so, like what we consider like an industrial show. It was.
1: It was exactly that. But so three hundred felt like very boutique after coming from. Oh yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, it gives you a chance to almost not meet everybody, but really meet like a lot, a lot of people. And it, at 300 is, is can be a pretty tight knit community, you know, if you if you keep going back again and again. Yeah. But so how many are there a year? I mean, in 2021, they will be doing two. I think they're they're averaging about three a year. And it's these two women, right? Yeah. Rebecca and Catherine. Yes. Rebecca and Catherine right yeah it's cool man i mean it's if nothing else it's a really lovely community lots of beautiful people who are killing it almost all the people on your podcast have been there i literally never heard of it before the podcast yeah and and i do want to give it credit like engage changed my life wow it it really did like I, i didn't tell me i was a photographer but i wasn't a luxury photographer i was just a photographer in new york like shooting couples who didn't have planners at a certain level of wedding photography, there's couples who they just, it's their bridesmaid, you know, like a a past bride will refer me to their friends. And so Engage kind of introduced me into that world of like planners and venues and sort of $100,000 plus wedding budgets and things like that. Into
0: several million.
1: Yeah, up to, up to millions. Yes. So I have to give credit to Engage for like introducing me to the people who were able to help me build my portfolio and show the work that I wanted to shoot and then shoot the work that I wanted to shoot. And so... All right. Here's a really interesting paradox. I don't even know if that's
0: the word as two former, you know, school teachers, (laughs) but what happens is you and I are going to talk now, you're going to hang up and say, well, I met this really nice guy. And, you know, maybe when I get back to New York, you know, we'll hang out or we work together. I'm going to spend the next week with your voice (laughs) in my head, wearing these headphones. So by the end of the week, like you and I are best friends, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just some guy you talked to last That's Saturday, really funny. <laughs> you yeah. know, so by like next Monday, when I put a clip of you on Instagram and I, and I put this out or whenever it happens.
1: That's funny.
0: And I was thinking that it must be the same for photographers, for film editors, yeah. for, for anybody that does editing. Oh yeah. Use- you spend so much more time with the model or with yeah. the bride or with the thing than she spends with you, oh. even though you may spend the whole day plus your engagement shoots and this and that, but then you may
1: spend dozens of hours going through pictures. It's so true. Uh, I'll see people and I'll be like, I I remember you, like, oh, I edited, I edited like 10 photos of you. Exactly. Like just a random guest at the wedding, you know, but. but yeah. If I ever see them again at like a birthday party, or or, you know, if I if I get to see more of their friends again out of context of like, I I remember you. You were in that one tux or that one dress. Or yeah, yeah. I I totally, I totally see their faces a lot. I guess phenomenon would that be the word? Yeah, phenomenon. Like it's 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 unique, you know, to our I guess. No, it's probably a phenomenon that that's like specific to someone who because the mother the mother of the bride will probably never remember my face, but I'm going to see her so much throughout the. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That is actually, now that you brought that up, that's something that I've never discussed with anybody. Name my company is Doug Winters Music as yours, you know, you go by your, your name and the people that hired us know who we are, but the rest of the people in the room don't, you know, we may be killing it as a band and have 200 people on the dance floor screaming. And it's funny, the best compliment I ever get is that people will go to the singers and say, so, is there a Doug Winters? Uh, yeah. And say, yeah, he's right there. That's <laughs> great. like, you know, because, you know, it's about the client. It's not about me. Yeah. You know, and I don't say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, you know, I'm Doug Winters and I'm going to entertain the shit. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's just not my personality. Um, yeah. So engaged. So, what made you go to your first one? Um, I have to get Rebecca and Catherine on.
1: Yeah, you should. They're, they're great. They're, they're lovely people. They've got, I mean they know everybody in the industry and they're just they're cool that put a word in for me of course
0: just introduce me
1: yeah i mean a lot of the people you've had on have been on their main
0: stage as well so i'm so jealous i haven't been to any of these places all right so let's get back to this so so you take the semester at C, yeah. which is called mm-hmm. right at with university of pennsylvania we should give them a shout you go back to california you're shooting your friends yeah. you're pretty friends and yeah. <laughs> you know putting it on Facebook just getting a little bit of a name for yourself start doing weddings take me from there when, when did you come to New York and all that
1: yeah so then at 32 a little bit older you know I, I was 32 when I moved to New York City oh so you spent a good two, 10 years
0: building a nice following in California
1: yeah I, I mean I, I shot my first wedding yeah So I was shooting as a hobbyist for like six years. Shot my first wedding when I was 28 years old, maybe. And then for five years in Santa Barbara, I was building a photo business, shooting weddings and families and prom groups and, you know, headshots, senior photos, things like that. And then... um, Mm I had started visiting New York as an adult, as a young adult, and, and really fell in love with the city. Yeah, I wanted some of that energy and like the big, you know, the big thinking and the big everything. You know, long story short, I moved to New York in 32 to pursue like my commercial photography dreams. And it's been awesome. And so that, that was uh, seven years ago. So all right, where
0: are you now? Because it's funny, everyone I talk to, I say, all right, make believe 2020 doesn't exist.
1: I mean, I don't want to ignore 2020 because I think it, it really did like give me a beautiful, it g- gave me a lot of gifts. But in terms of the overall vision of like shooting the cover of Rolling Stone or like doing commercial photography, moving back to Santa Barbara eventually, I'm very, very happy with where my wedding and events photography business is. And I'm excited to grow it more next year in terms of the commercial stuff. I'll say the first six years in New York, I just said yes to everything. I was shooting like, I had friends who owned a yoga clothing company and I just shot like yoga pants and I shot Instagram influencers and I ended up working for PR firms representing Jose Cuervo Tequila. So I learned how to shoot like tequila and and shot a couple of restaurants and their food menus. And I just shot like everything, which is great for being busy and and earning money, but terrible for making a name for myself in any sort (laughs) of industry. Yeah. And so I really had like a light bulb moment in, at the end of 2019, uh, which was that, oh, I, I'm probably really well positioned to shoot luxury, more luxury travel and hospitality because I travel so much. And also thanks yeah. to your friendships that you made in Engage. A hundred percent because of Engage, yeah. And also luxury travel and hospitality is a really nice parallel to the wedding work that I do, which often has me traveling and stuff and or the conferences that I'm going to. So there's really like th- those two worlds align really nicely for me. Mm-hmm. So I want to say I'm like at the beginning stages of that like commercial career and I'm pretty high up in the wedding and events world. I'm happy where I'm at and I'm glad for the growth that's coming yeah. too. So so I'm excited because I have more to come and I'm really building down my physical portfolio like a book of images that just showing hospitality and luxury travel and I have targets on like editors of magazines and department of tourism boards and PR companies that represent boutique hotels. And I want to be in their world and and have my name be known. I just want to
0: tie you into to two of the last four people I had on. Tara Faye. Oh yeah. Works for the Irish Tourism Board. I'm aware. Yeah, she's great. Paji Cash was literally saying to me, I have a checklist of venues and cities and places where I want to be able to show my work. Exactly. Which is exactly what you're saying. So this is, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I've got to up up my goals. (laughs) That's just the beginning. I'm also writing a book right now called How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. And I'm really excited about that. I also introduced some coaching and some mastermind groups into my life. Tell me about
0: the mastermind thing. Joy was mentioning that to me. I love Joy. Now, mind you, I've never met since sylvia weinstock like a year ago i haven't met anybody that i've interviewed oh yeah and i've done 85 and i think sylvia was 57 so that's so crazy 35 people i've never met jose i've never met erica if you listen to erica's podcast which you have to do like when we finish just to subscribe and just listen to yeah of course. Uh, i'm already
1: subscribed i'm going slowly through the
0: list <laughs> oh okay cool from Joy on to. Uh, you haven't uh, met any of them? Paul Newman of Newman's Kitchen that I just interviewed yesterday, the other day. Um, I haven't met any of these people. I went yeah. to Norma Cohn's house, who introduced me to Sylvia mm. like right after we finished. Cool. She was so warm and so sweet. We were sitting in the living room. She gets off the phone. And she says, Hang on a second. And she dials the number and she goes, Sylvia, I just met Doug Winters, great band. She'd never heard me. Yeah. <laughs> and got a great podcast. You have to be on it. Four days later, I'm in Sylvia Weinstock's living room. That's awesome. I love that kind of thing. And she was telling me about Engaged. And then after that, people would say, I met Norma Cohn at Engaged. And her name would keep coming up and it would always be in relation to Engage. Yeah. So I found that really very fascinating. And then I had on like kind of in a row, I think, I, I think Joy introduced me maybe to Erica, who introduced me to Ryan Hill, and jose and the entire lineup of who was supposed to be speakers at the breakers
1: it's a great roster
0: of people (laughs) yeah it was very cool it was very cool yeah
1: i'm actually probably going to be jose Rolone's roommate at engage at the breakers this next year so that that was the plan for this past year i had done david
0: beam live oh yeah and i said you know i'd love to do another one of these he says great let's schedule it and we have to invite my destination queen, Christina.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And all of, of a sudden, I'm interviewing Christina Matucci. Yeah. Then she introduces me to a million other people.
1: Yeah, you have an endless, never-ending
0: supply of... Uh... Yeah. I want you to get back to what you were saying about 2020, because what 2020 has done for me is that instead of doing a podcast whenever I wasn't working, yeah, like on a Tuesday afternoon, and then get it out three weeks later you know i've been doing one a week
1: yeah that's incredible
0: you know i've yeah. done f- you know from 57 to year number 86 oh. in the last 30 by zoom that's amazing which is very convenient because you're in santa barbara <laughs> we don't have to wait till you come back no, to the I, I think that's what.
1: yeah it's 2020 really opened up the possibility just to like not do more but to do things easier it doesn't have to be so complicated right we- right so one of the gifts, and you were asking about this, like what, what are what's a mastermind? Right. A um, mastermind looks like maybe eight of us on a Zoom call, maybe half of us on the call will present a challenge to the group one at a time. So like if it was Doug's turn, you'd be okay. I'm, I'm not sure who I should interview for my 100th podcast or whatever it is. Um, and then we'll ask you, That's funny, I was actually thinking about that. I know, I'm sure that's a real dilemma. And so the group would basically brainstorm with you and for you, like, oh, here's some ideas, like who have you done before? What, what's like the purpose, blah, blah, blah. And just throw out a lot of ideas. Um, at the end of that, you'd take an action plan and then I'd match you with someone else in the room and you'd, I would send you off into like a side room in Zoom and you'd get to have like a one-on-one 15 minutes with the other person. And it's just like community building, community supporting, working through challenges or issues in our businesses and lives. And uh, I've created some really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, contacts through this. Yeah. So you're like a matchmaker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fun. It's like a business matchmaker. And I mean, I I ran one group. So I've run three of these now. My second one that I ran was with a bunch of young up and coming rock stars in the wedding industry, like um, Nina Dolan, Amelia Sherman, Rocky. um, These people have worked with like- Mind you- I don't know any of these. Yeah, I'll introduce you to all of them. They're cool. Terrific. Carly Rogers, like like they're young photographers. They're kind of like second in command to Marcy Bloom. And Amelia was working with Diana Gould, LTD. Nina Dolan was with the Ritz-Carlton. And Courtney Armbrust was in there. She does uh, events. I met her through Engage. And all of these people have ended up working with each other. So not only did they pay to be a part of my mastermind, but they ended up earning like, I want to say like three to five times what they spent like in the last couple of months just by like, so that's been like a beautiful gift. That's like, I don't know, in real normal times, I would have uh, tried to coordinate it in person and scheduling is like a lot more complicated that way. But it's easy to be like, okay, on Tuesday nights at uh, six o'clock, we're meeting up and uh, doing this for an hour and a half i'm just facilitating a meeting and I'm, I'm facilitating it really well right but but it's a beautiful it's just a fun thing and, and and that includes uh under that umbrella like i've started coaching a little bit i currently have three clients that i'm that i'm helping expand their contacts like figure out their pricing a little bit better self-confidence issues and just sort of investing into their life and their businesses and in really beautiful ways so that's a great idea and still shooting weddings and headshots for people and stuff on the side. So yeah, I'm doing, a, I, I'm really grateful for 2020. It's expanded my life in a lot of interesting ways. I, I'm now running a, a business book club that I took over from Andrea Freeman. I had Andrea yeah. Freeman. on. Yeah, she's great. She was the first person who told me, oh, I think it was Andrea or Ali Barone, I think who told me about your podcast. And I was like, right, oh, right. cool, I reach out.
0: yeah, but Andrea was fascinating. She had told me about a book club and I said, how come I was never invited?
1: <laughs> I read. Well, Doug, I'd I'd love to officially invite you to our next book club. We're starting January sixth. Okay. We meet on Wednesdays at four p.m. and we're about to read "Stillness Is the Key" by uh, Ryan Holiday. It's like why slowing down is the best thing that you can do for your life and your business.
0: Wow. Okay. So they're all sort of business,
1: self-help oriented. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and, and the beautiful thing about our book club is that we don't read like the entire book and then get together and discuss it. We read it in chunks. So like one to three chapters a week. And then every week we kind of uh, digest what we've read and like brains and do a little bit of like a group think and talk and sharing and then read the book over a course of like two months, basically.
0: Well, oh, that's great. So it's not like you say, OK, read this whole book. And we'll try no, and that, it. that's
1: a little it's harder too and it's hard to it's hard to like yeah. get cap, encapsulate everything you're reading in one conversation so it's nice to break it up a little bit
0: but. probably goes back to your junior high school
1: math lesson
0: plans you know you
1: gotta, exactly. you gotta divide it up you know and you can see how i really facilitate i, I run a good book club so that's kind of fun cool yeah.
0: was andrew's more meditative more
1: no, she, um, no, she, she did a good job too. Like she started us off with uh, atomic habits we read and then she added, we did uh never split the difference. Great, great book, by the way. So I don't know any um, of these things. So yeah, these are fantastic. books. Yeah. But, but Andrew, you know, she just led it. It was basically like an open discussion and like, you know, what, what stood out to you, what's working, like, what are you thinking about? And we just had like a nice, really just like a nice open conversation. My, mine's a little more structured. Probably like my, my junior high math teacher has, has like, brought in more of a like a curriculum to it but uh, it worked both ways and, and it's really fun
0: right exactly yeah. so tell me where you you know the classic question they ask at job interviews years you
1: know sure. was like, where do you where do you see yourself in five years well okay in five years I will be shooting regularly for travel publications like far away or any of the magazines you see in the back of your <laughs>
0: We should have known yeah. each other a long time ago. Cause my wife used to work for Travel and Leisure magazine.
1: Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> That's like my dream contact, but um, you know, shooting regularly for things like that, including um, tourism boards and like hotels. All right. Um, so I
0: meant, I happen to mention Travel and Leisure, but what, what else would you put in that category? Like what five magazines would you want to be in? Um, or, or are there five like, magazines anymore?
1: No, I don't even know if there's five travel magazines. It'd be like a yeah. far away Travel and Leisure. Oh gosh like departures or, and then any of, you know, like something in the back of de- Delta's magazine, United's magazine.
0: Oh, oh, right. Wow.
1: Even, even like town and country, things like that, you know, um,
0: town and country. I always, I always pictured as the creme de la creme. Yeah. You
1: stuff know. like that. that I, I know people that in Vanity Fair. And, yeah. Vanity, Vanity Fair would be amazing. That That's definitely more on like the people side. That is yeah. my favorite magazine. We It's really great articles. Vanity Fair has wonderful writing. That's the The best. best. The best. So in five years, I see myself really deeply embedded in that travel and hospitality community. Mm -hmm. And then I also see myself shooting. I feel like I'm at the bottom of the the luxury market in in the wedding world. But I, I want to be in the middle and top of the luxury world in terms of photography. And so I see myself like further up that chain. And I see myself coaching probably five to 10 people a month. Um, You see, I'm
0: starting to get a feeling for you a little bit because- um, I love it. About who you are, because you said you were a youth pastor. You said you were a teacher for a while. And so in other words, you enjoy imparting wisdom (laughs) for lack of a better term.
1: No, you know what I, I think it is? I truly believe that a lot of us have purpose in our lives and and I feel like I've tapped into it with some of this stuff. I do believe that my mission in the world is to inspire others. And so inspiring others makes sense why I was a tutor or a teacher or a youth pastor, or I'm writing a book called How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. Any conversation that I have with people always ends with I feel so inspired you know and and um Oh nice okay and coaching and masterminds fall like very easily under that umbrella of inspiring others like my goal in coaching people is to like expand in their lives what's possible and get them inspired about life and excited and see that like they're not stuck they can move forward with their goals and and accomplish their dreams like quicker and faster long
0: term what'll be incredibly gratifying is you seeing the people that you mentored really succeed
1: a thousand percent I got to give a shout out to Matt Masisco my very first intern when I was in Santa Barbara I was like maybe two years into my photo career and I I plucked this guy he was just this like long haired surfer guy um, (laughs) who was into photography and he just helped me out like editing and he helped me hold reflectors and I I was like maybe a year ahead of him or whatever but I, I mentored him and now he's in LA shooting comedians he's had a billboard in la wow i was in montreal on a subway and i saw a picture that he had taken of a comedian that, that was like on a poster for a comedy festival oh I was wow. like, that's matt's photo Oh, you could tell um you could tell yeah i knew it because i, I, I follow him so closely oh, okay. so yeah he's someone who i've always even still to this day every time we talk i'm like what are you charging raise your prices your stuff is amazing Here's some ideas about who you can contact and get like higher up. And I'm not the reason for his success. He's obviously very talented, but I love that I am a part of his story. Yeah. And, and it makes me feel very, very proud to see him succeed. And you were there in the very beginning. Yeah, 100%. And I love that. I love that. Nothing brings me greater joy than to see someone living out their dreams. And, and I got to help be a part of that. And the fashion part, just if it happens, it happens. Uh, I think fashion was like, it was a dream that I had before I really knew what I was about. It's glamorous, but it, it's not necessarily in alignment with like who I am or what I do or what I shoot. And I, you know, it's funny, like quick, quick short story. I think like real, real fashion, I, I realized really quickly when I moved to New York that like, oh, I don't think I'm a fashion photographer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not dark enough. I'm literally not dark enough what do you to mean? shoot. What do you mean dark enough? Like if you ever look at Tim Walker's work, um, It's, it's a little bit like I got an edge. It's a little bit weird. It's a little bit like off. It's a little bit tortured artist stuff. Oh, Um, really? I think there's a difference between fashion and commercial work. Commercial is really clean and palatable to the masses and fashion is like pushing boundaries and edges. Oh, okay. Fashion even pushes like what's fashionable or what is like pretty and kind of throws it in your face. So
0: I'm thinking of glamour shots, right?
1: Yeah. Glamour is, I think in a different sort of category, but like pure fashion is just a different breed of a world. It's a nasty um, kind of community, I think, and so really, I think for a lot of reasons, I, I'm not really like made for the fashion. I've world.
0: heard that the fashion, the industry, the the actual fashion industry is really cutthroat. Yeah, people it stealing is. each it- other's designs and just real u- ugly stuff.
1: Totally. But I realized like after a couple of years of shooting, like, oh, my stuff is like a little too clean. I- I'm a little more commercial than I am fashion. I could shoot like someone in a kayak on a beach better than I could shoot like a model in a runway or like, my whole personality, my brand, my inspiration, all the things like lend itself a little bit more to... um that like cleaned up commercial stuff, which makes sense also with the travel and hospitality. Travel and, and leisure is like all um, inspiration. It's like inspiration to get out and like see the world, right? Yeah, yeah. So to me, that makes a lot more sense. So I, I don't feel ashamed to, to have like directed my course in a better direction. I think New York gave me that gift of understanding like who I am as a photographer and what, what makes sense for me too, so. Luxury destination. Yeah, I would say like luxury luxury, hospitality and, and travel. Yeah. Destination weddings.
0: By definition, they are luxury because it costs exactly. money. I mean, one feeds the other. Yes, of course. Yeah. You wouldn't get the job unless you were a really talented photographer.
1: No, it, it, but you, once you you're
0: up, a circle, okay
1: you're perfect. Like when I when I travel to at my next conference for engage, I will be at the breakers conference and I will take pictures or I'll probably reach out to their marketing team and ask them if they need help with anything. And I'll have photos that like, you know, like they, they all feed each other. Like I'm at a wedding conference, I'm shooting for the commercial stuff and I book stuff, you, you know, like it just keeps going. So, yeah. All right.
0: So got to remember this is an audio podcast.
1: Yes. Just, well, I'm making a circle just, with my finger around my face. Thank you. I'm showing the circle of life in Philip's world. Yeah, yeah.
0: You and I were thinking the same thing and I, I just wanted the yeah. audience to be with us. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so was it Philip or Phil? I go by Phil usually. I want to be in our industry at some point. Like, if you say, "Oh, I talked to I talked to Marcy or Norma," like I want people to say, "Oh, you, you know Phil," and it's just Phil. There's only one Phil, and I got the market on that name. You ever see that
0: <laughs> Anne Hathaway movie with Meryl Streep? The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, and she says, "Get me Patrick."
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be Patrick. I'm. I am Patrick. So I am Phil in the wedding world. Yeah. So what do
0: those guys make? Just curious. I never talk money on these things. Sure. But what do what are like famous photographers, like the Avedons? the
1: I heard that that Mario Testino. I don't I can't give you the numbers, man. I'm, I'm not deep enough into that world. I, I just know I'll tell you this. I, I do know that like in the commercial world, if you're just shooting like a hotel chain, maybe like Hilton or something, or mm-hmm. or like a luxury hotel, um, it's possible that you're doing like a two hundred thousand dollar job. Uh, across like four cities or whatever um, wow with multiple and, and that might be the whole budget mm-hmm. and the takeaway for the photographer might be like forty eight thousand or or whatever but okay. yeah uh, they're they're selling images in the commercial world at like something like, a thousand to five thousand dollars an image, depending on how they're using it. Times like thirty to fifty images, something like that. Okay, so as
0: opposed to a musician that gets paid residuals when a commercial yeah. gets paid again, you get paid how the image is
1: used. But you get a yeah. buyout, right? Yeah, they buy well, you out. And they can they can use it forever. It's rights to an image for a year at a time. Oh, so a year at a time usually that, that's like typical in the commercial world, but they might do universal rights and then it's and then it might be a higher price point um, or it might just be like web only, but it's usually very, very specific. Like, is this going to be on a billboard? Is it going to be in a magazine? I have a, a mentor, Scott McDermott in New York. He shoots for, I think one of his big clients is DirecTV. So he's always doing commercials for like ultimate fighting championships or like commercials for like up and coming programs that they're doing. And they use the image to promote the the show, but a year after the show is out, he gets to own his images again and he can license them out to anything. If you're just like a publication and you wanna wanna show off like a, a heavyweight champion or something and you don't wanna like do a complete shoot, you can buy the image from this guy for like 500 bucks. That's how you can license images like over and over again.
0: That's what I actually love about doing this podcast. Honestly, you and you just introduced me to a world that I never knew existed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The commercial photography world is like a whole other beast. And I think it's kind of like a very small percentage of photographers who are at the very top there. And that's, that's where I want to be. That's why I moved to New York. Let me ask you a question. When you shoot, is it just you? No, I always have uh, associates. I work closely with Carly Rogers. She's a phenomenal photographer in New York. She's like my secret treasure, basically. Yeah. Your second shooter. Yeah. Okay. And I've sent her off. I've sent her on many, many jobs on her own in my behalf as well. And then when you do the editing, is it you or you hire someone to do that? Um, It's me for now. I- I've dabbled with like having some people edit for me, but uh, these days it's been me. I- I- I've had interns that I've like trained and kind of like done a little bit of that. But for, for the most part, it's me. 2019, when I was busy, 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 Yeah, I was sending stuff off to uh, an intern, at least to like call through the images and then send it back to me. And I'd do like the final look over and make sure everything was good. And, yeah. One last question. Yes. Let's say you book a, a wedding in
0: Dubai. Sure. And at the same time, maybe you work out a deal with some hotel or some business yeah. that you can also do side work at. So you might be gone for two weeks. Yeah. How do you do your bookings? In other words, like, how do you say, okay, well, I've got this June Saturday night wedding. So how do you work around it? Do you have someone that does that for you or you just, your own social secretary, (laughs) you just.
1: I am a master of my calendar and I live and die by it. I mean, like to to every hour of my day almost is booked. Yeah, I manage my own stuff. One of the cool things about having a Carly in my life, my uh, associate photographer Mm -hmm. is that I was in Dubai shooting Engage. And she was shooting like commercial events for me on the ground in New York. I think she did like two or three jobs for me while I was gone in Dubai. In the, I do a ton of commercial events or like business events, and they're not wedding related. It's just like a corporate gala or like a a Wednesday night um, holiday party or someone's fiftieth anniversary or or someone's fortieth birthday or whatever. And. Mm times um if I'm traveling it's very easy for me to be like we'd love to do it Carly's amazing here's the six events she's done already for me just like this and then send her out I'm getting paid while I travel Carly's getting paid great money and everybody's happy and I and oh, that's I was great. like yeah that was a fun way for me to expand my my operations in the last couple of years and and it's kind of like my secret sauce almost I, I do these these like commercial events or corporate events happen you know two or three times a week in new york if you want and so again yeah. you know you say it so casually like you got to compliment yourself a little bit you got to be good enough sure. to do it sure sure yeah i execute at a high level i deliver really fast yeah uh, and that was in 2019 obviously not any of that really happened in 2020 yeah, yeah but I, I was shooting a lot for like pr firms firms that represent Olay or samsung and there's always like a launch party or a Uh, Influencers' activation or press brunch and stuff, and they always need a photographer, and I was like at the top of their list. So, so for whatever,
0: so you can really shoot anything, anytime.
1: Sure. I mean, this is just a typical event, right? Can I shoot people having brunch in a in a room? Yeah. Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your man. And I can do it for a thousand bucks for a couple of hours. And it's a great. It's a good little chunk of change for like a Tuesday morning and exactly. doesn't even have to be me shooting it. So it's a really like wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, New York has a lot of blessings if and gifts if you look for it. Now, do you live in the city city or Brooklyn? I do. I do. I'm on the lower east side in Manhattan. Well, Philip, thank you so much for your time this doug, has been this great has been really fun yeah you're right? a good conversationalist and i like your uh, add approach to uh conversation <laughs> that's actually very funny because i do actually have that i totally believe that but i'm right with you man i'll, I'll take that rabbit trail anywhere you go <laughs> yeah yeah
0: exactly exactly it keeps it you
1: know it keeps it interesting thank you doug i really appreciate being on with you I'm excited to hear how you whittle it down to 45 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. I'm curious yeah. myself. I'll look you up uh, when things open up a little bit, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely connect. I'd love to see you. Fantastic. Okay, and cool. you got to
0: introduce him to the new crew, the next generation.
1: I am, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna email a couple introductions for some good people. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks. Bye bye. See,
0: see what I mean? Totally charming and delightful. You can find Phil's website at Philip. V N, P H I L L I P V N. You can find him on Instagram at Philip V N Photo and Philip Weddings. And for his mentoring and coaching program, go to ChangeWithPhil.com. Check all those out. And as usual, you can follow me at Doug Winters Inc. on Instagram. And my new website is DougWintersMusic.com. I can't tell you once again how delighted I am to see 2020 go. And I wish you all an extraordinary 2021. Please continue to stay safe, stay strong, wear masks, social distance, listen to the doctors. And I will talk to you next year. Okay,
1: bye-bye now. Stay safe.